Welcome to Solutions, where men come out of the shadows to testify, giving tips in manhood, honor the codes of integrity, and give out real solutions for soul survival. Today, we have on the show a true change agent, an advocate for the arts, a man who enhances your life by connecting you with like-minded people and individuals, a driven man, a beacon of innovative creative legacy, an entrepreneur, a world-class businessman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the master of ceremonies, the networking guru, the source of integrity, the founder of the Indie Night Film Fest, and Morehouse alum, Mr. Dave Brown. <sighs> How you doing, Shane? How you doing, man? Good? I'm good, man. I'm so happy that you are here today. I feel blessed and highly favored that you're going to drop these gems. Yeah, man. You definitely, definitely. I like always make sure to give everybody the blueprint on what it does, what 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 it takes to 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 survive in this wonderful world, and uh, and especially in this entertainment business. Absolutely, sir. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What person did you meet or see that gave you the drive towards the man you are today? Who or what defined you? Mm, it's my father. My father, Dr. Amos C. Brown. Um, you know, watching him and growing up, not really knowing. Um, you know, my father is, uh, is Dr. Amos C. Brown, pastor at Third Baptist Church. So I'm PK. And so... Um, growing up not really knowing how big my father was but over time started to realize that you know uh he was one of the, the he, he was a warrior he was like he was that that rock for not only for the fam you know not only for my family but also for um others in in society whether it be other young black men and, and women and, and and, and not only that, not only Americans, but also other races and other countries, you know what I'm saying? So uh, my father was my, my my driving force, but you know, my mom was the glue to the family, but my father was the the one that I pretty much uh, followed behind because, you know, they said, you know, the apple don't fall from far from the tree. And, um, you know, everything that he, he was doing is what I'm doing too. It's just in uh, uh, Hollywood and he's been saving souls in the church. It's funny that you say the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. I think those are some things that we have not, we do not have in our vocabulary anymore. And mm -hmm. the structure of having a good father is something that we do not see on the surface, but it's there and available. And we see the changes and the differences to have someone like your father. Could you let us know one gem or maybe two that your father gave you that just made you thrive and put you in a, in a thriving mindset throughout your life? You know, I, I, I think my father always taught me to, it's like, don't ever give up on something you start, number one. Um, always completed. I've had certain situations where being in Hollywood, where, you know, people always gonna tell you, you can't do something. Mm -hmm. You know, that's that's the one thing. If they, can't, if they tell you that you can't do something or something that you're doing won't work, that means they like your idea. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Or they take it and run with it. So you got to understand that there's one thing I've always, is always be strong, you know, always build relationships. And that's another thing people don't really understand that relationships are the key to success in anything, not just in Hollywood, but anything you do in life. Because if you know you have the relationships and you build relationships, and I always say this, the only thing you own in life is your name. And when you dirt that, you're done. 
it's all about how you create um, the synergy towards other people, which will come right back to you. And that's building the relationships. I always say, you know, we have this thing where we always want to network up, but we got to network across mm. and know that the person right next to you can help you get to the level instead of always wanting to deal with the people always on the top because everything always starts from the ground. If we looked over to our left and we looked over to our right, we'll know that these people over here, ask them, have a conversation. What do you do? What, 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 uh, what, what line of work are you? It's going to always fall back on you and you'll be needing that person. So always work around the gyms around you. But those one things that they told me say, hey, don't ever give up. I can see the combination of your mom and dad in you from that statement. You said never give up, but you also said work on relationship, which makes it, to me, that's glue. To me, that's glue, making things stick together. So shout out to mom also for helping you thrive in that same situation. And I love the development that you came into with your parents. And it's a blessing to have two people to care about you to set that foundation because we all have too many, way, way too many examples when that structure is aborted or if it's not there. And it takes a lot for two people to stay together. And a lot okay. of people, we're not, we're not really, I don't think we address that either, how long it takes and how much work it takes for two people with two different types of mindsets growing up to come together and be equally yoked. It's a developmental process. And I, and I shout out to your parents and shout out to your mom and your dad for making such a strong young man. But I got a question for you. Sure. Do you have a vision board? A vision board. <clears throat> you know what? It's not so much a vision board where I know everybody puts stuff up on the board and they look at it every day. But my thing is, I, my, my mental is so, I just think about things and I know I got to accomplish them. I got I have to complete them. You know, it's like, I, my vi when, I, when I envision something, it's already embedded in my mind. I have to do it. I have to complete it. So I already know the things that I want to do and what I want to make happen. So it's, I guess it's a, a, a uh, a mind vision board. You know, I have minds, you know, is, is already there, but not one of those where I just wake up and I look at something every day and say, hey, I got to get to that, whatever that is. And, you know, it's so I, my vision board is mental. It's in my mental. You know, doing this show is so many different nuances and different things of people, the way they have their visions. But as long as you have them, that's the greatest thing, right? If you mm -hmm. can give me two apex goals that you've reached and one that you're currently chasing off your mental vision board well one of them was um you know when they say that there's never <clears throat> nobody could tell you you can't do something i think you know I, I i came in the business of entertainment as an actor first and when i came in as an actor i always understood that like i said relationships were the key things that you had to have in order to to make an impact in Hollywood. And so what I would do is, <clears throat> my birthday would come around, I would always just have parties. I would have a party. But those parties were people I was inviting that were pretty much everybody in the entertainment business. They were either writers, directors, producers, actors, musicians. And the only way you got in is if you were invited. And so I understood it's, it's pretty much Let's use this metaphor. You know, most deals in the world are made on the golf course. Yes. So that was pretty much my golf course. So if I bring everybody to this one place and we play a game of golf, you're going to be able to talk to everybody. You're going to be able to network and talk to the person in that 
in that uh uh in the room and see what they do and you, you're building relationships so i would do that and so i became very great at it um and like i said the glue <clears throat> the glue is always the one that reels you back in and so I remember my mom telling me one day, she called, she said, let me ask you a question. She said, you throw these events and everybody knows you, everybody loves your brand, everything. Uh, but people leave home, they either drinking, get drunk, get in the car accident, go home, beat their wives, you know, uh, the kids. What's your purpose? Mm. And then, you know, moms always has, has a way of just <laughs> yeah. a nerve, you know, and yeah. just re reeling you back in like, oh man. Um, mm. So she said, what's your purpose? You know, and she said, you have to have a purpose, you know? And so I was like, hmm, I started thinking about it. And she said, you didn't come to Hollywood just to do that. You came to Hollywood, not only that to help people and to be an actor, let's get back to where you're supposed to be. So I said, well, I'm gonna start a film festival. And then that's when I said, I'm gonna start Indie Night Film Festival, which is the first weekly film festival in the world. And believe it or not, Yoshin, they told me, that, yo, a weekly film festival will never work. I said, why not? They said, because film festivals are once a year. Nobody goes to a film festival every week. I said, I'm gonna prove you wrong. And there it goes back to that saying that whenever somebody tells you something won't work, that's because they like your ideal and they wanna do it. I love that. And the next thing you know, you sleep up, you, you slip up and next thing you know, somebody's doing your ideal. I said, no, I'm gonna do it anyway. And now I'm going on, see, it's been nine years in, in January, it'd be 10 years. Now I've been doing it, but I've been able to help everybody. My motto is this, why should you have to wait once a year to be seen and you miss all this work in between? And I'm giving everybody an opportunity. I'm calling all the, the Morris Chestnuts, the Jamie Foxx, the Robbie Reeds, the uh, Ruth Carters, all these people that come to Indie Night to talk about their blueprint. Because see, we, in, we as people have to learn from other people's experiences. Exactly. Sometimes we think that we can go through it. And, and if I tell you don't go down that street, why don't I go down the street? Because I, they'll rob you down the street. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you from my own experiences. And we as a people have to start listening and understanding what it is that will get us to the next level. So if you, if you respect this person's craft and they're sitting there telling you about what they went through, it makes it just that much easier. Because just imagine getting dropped into Hollywood. You can't just walk up there and say, here's my script do it you can't walk up there and just say hey i'm an actor put me in a movie no it doesn't work like that you have to build relationships you have to be on your craft you have to study and that's what sometimes everybody think oh just oh let me just memorize lines and stuff like no no every good actor still takes classes you still got to understand that the person that opens your car door when you get out is the person that could be running your company. So you treat everybody with the utmost respect. It's happened that much many times in Hollywood. 
I believe it. And I think it's something that people should be listening to those listening. You treat everybody the same on the way up or the way down, because at the same time, that's where the pillows are, right? Your comforts of your relationships and your consistency. Now you gave us one goal that you achieved. Can you let us know one that you're currently chasing an apex goal? And I think the next goal is, is to produce my, my, another film that I have um out right now um that we we, we we know the script and everything is done so grabbing all the funding for this one right here getting ready to start another you know production of another film um so you know their goals of getting hired by just putting things in effect just making sure everything is working everything is moving um you know like right you know i'm working on the management team with jamie fox and uh of course you know uh, the goal was completed where we just, you know, he just got another Oscar for, you know, soul. Yes, that, was, that, that was a goal, man. You know what I'm saying? That's a goal to, to, you know, so we all shared that and the experience of receiving. Cause you know, when we were there for the first one, it was a, such a tremendous experience. And now for him to get his second one is a great, you know, experience. And, and I love to see those that's close to me around me winning. I like to see everybody win Tell because me so much hate going on in this world especially right now it's so much hate going on in this world and i'm gonna drop the jewel on this right now and i'm gonna tell you this right now everybody was going through this quarantine for one reason and that one reason was god said i'm gonna take back what's rightfully mine so you got to understand if you are a human being right now you know the world has never stopped this long in life mm. it has never stopped for a whole year in life mm. that long you understand so this is where everything that you always wanted to do if you wanted to start a new business go back to school whatever you want to do god said i'm gonna prepare for you so you can do it he gave you a whole year to sit and think about the next moves you want to make if people did not take advantage of this 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 time down, then you are not trying to be the best and the greatest of what you can do in life. That is a great gem. And I saw that from the beginning. I said, hey, man, I finally have time to work on all the things I wanted to work on. And that's why I wear this shirt, me versus me, if you can right. see it. Is it just a developmental process? And this is how this show came about. Solutions, a way for men to maintain integrity, respect, and accountability. Now you spoke in totality of so many things. And you see, shout out to Jamie for winning the Oscar. Shout yeah. out to all your hard work and your endeavors and your goals. What type of affirmations are you telling yourself every day to make sure you get up and get moving and continue to stay strong? If I don't do it, no one else is. Mm. I control, let me tell you something. I control my destiny and everything I want to do in life. You got to have a motor where you go, hey, there's one thing when I was in college at Morehouse, I never wanted to be left behind. And it goes to, with everything I do in life. I never want to be left, I want to be in the forefront. I want to be the one charged. I want to be the leader. I want to make the movement. Mm -hmm. In order to make the movement, yo, you can't, you can't, even when we were down in the quarantine, we're sitting there busy. We're, we're taking care of business, building, you know, getting companies going. Yo, as soon as everything went down, because you know, I, I show all the films at the TCL Chinese Theater in Hollywood. 
And so the theaters closed down. But what did they do when they closed down? I pivoted right away. I started building on the website theaters. So you can still have continuous showings of your art on screen all over the world. Mm. I'm all about how can I get to the next step? I don't wait till things sizzle out. I'm on it right there, right away. I jump on it as soon as possible because I always say, if you don't take charge of it, no one else is. Because like I told you, and when you move, sometimes you gotta move quietly because if the haters see you, then they'll try to what? Derail, derail you. I, I love it. I love it what you're saying. See, I'm I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur also, and I'm a creative, so I understand how you need to move and how you need to move expeditiously. Not to be funny, but you need to move quickly when you have these ideas because, like you said, there are some like-minded people in the world, or some people who want to take from you who are not creatives, they're only duplicators, and they're waiting for someone to create so they can duplicate and steal some of the recipe. I heard the affirmations. If I don't do it, no one else will. I hear right. all the, I, I, I see the glue. I see finish till you start. I see all these great things. I want to take it back to when, how early did you start goal setting? What was the first time you felt self-motivated? High school. And I'll never forget. I came in, in high school and I was playing JV basketball. And, you know, I got on the team and I remember we were in practice one day and I remember it was just a simple, simple play. It's called passing game. I'll never forget. And the play was passing game and I'll never forget. I passed the ball to the right and the guy kept stealing the ball. My coach was just jumping on me. He was just hit me hard, hit me hard. And I did it again. And again he says, yo, you ain't good enough to play. And I was just like this. I took that literally that you said, I'm not good enough to do anything in life. And from there on, I'll never forget. I worked hard. I won three championships in high school, back to back, undefeated, but I worked hard. And that was the turning point in my life because it really, you gotta understand, I, I was a gym rat, but because I knew that he was trying to bring something out of me, but he actually touched that nerve to make me go, never again will you ever, ever say, I don't deserve to play this game. And it pushed me to do everything else I wanted to do in life. And that's why I say, if you come in last and work, like when we do sprints, I always came in first. If I came in last, then I'm becoming the last in life. Mm. I'll always come in first. I would always beat everybody coming first because I said, you're not going to tell me I'm not good enough to play this game and became a starter and won championships. See, one of the four agreements is to always do your best every time. And that's what you activated right there. You activated one of the four agreements and you stay consistent and you understood where excellence was and you understood the motivations behind it. Now, one question before I get to, to the question I really want to ask you, mm -hmm. what types of books you felt prepared you and molded you are you are you reading any literature right now that you can drop a gem that helps mold someone to stay in that focused mindset to be apex level i think um you know me I'm, I'm i'm reading so many scripts you know um and just just reading these scripts that that really 
captures my mind where I go, wow. You know, it, it, it keeps you going, it keeps you thirsty, wanting to roll, wanting to do this role or wanting to be a part of the project, you know? Um, as well as that, reading scripts and then reading the Bible. Mm. You know, um, <clears throat> I never really, you know, even though my father was a pastor, I never really read the Bible like I should. And now I'm starting to really get into it a lot more. Like I like to read, like my favorite one is Job, the book of Job, where this guy had everything in life, but then him and the, the God and the devil took had a bet that if you take everything away from him, he will curse him. And so I use that in my own life to say, never ever question why anything happens in life. He's putting you through this test to get you to the end of something that's gonna be great. And so when you, you know, reading these different stories and stuff and people don't really, they don't really, they don't, it's, they don't really check it out and just read them. They really just comprehend what's going on and how to use it for themselves. Like you, if you ask a lot of people say, hey, do you ever read the Bible? No, I don't really read the Bible. But that is one of the key things that I really push now as an adult to try to get back into really understanding because the only thing that kept me going, man, in this business was my faith. Tap it into the source because there's nothing new under the sun. All the answers and the questions are in these books, especially the Bible and other literature that you can read. So absolutely, I agree with you. Now we're talking about purpose. We're talking about never giving up. We're talking about being glue. We're talking about being defiant always trying to come in first and do your best. Do all that totality and totality, reading scripts, developing yourself, winning Oscars, hanging out, being the best person you can, coming up with concise ways to be a purposeful person. What did you sacrifice? Wow. I sacrificed a lot because I think, you know, at, at the age of 51, there's no way in the world I shouldn't be married by now. But sometimes people don't really understand the business or don't understand you in the business. And when you become this name, you know, your name in Hollywood, sometimes people don't understand it. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's, you know, because how do I say it? It's, it's, it's a, when you're so focused on trying to be great, sometimes you, you miss the window on other things mm -hmm. that, but then as you get older, you start to realize that, hey, you know, uh, this too, you need a balance in life. And having uh, a special woman, you know, in your life, it gives you a balance because I was, you know, uh, my parents are still together. You know, I'm a single father. Never, never thought I'd be a single father day in my life. But I understand that you know, when you work so hard to becoming great in this business, sometimes you lose your sight on some things. But the one thing I didn't lose sight on Ben is a great father. Mm. So that right there, I knew I had to tune into because uh, a woman's first love is her father. You know what I'm saying? Any, any woman, the girls go, you know, they, my first love is a father. What you pour into her is what she's gonna become, what she's gonna want in her life. So these are the gems that I know that keep me going. But as far as sacrificing, I did have to 
sacrifice their relationship. That's the one thing that we don't talk about with purpose-driven, successful people. We don't have an outlet for that. There's some things that we have to willingly sacrifice and look at it on the side of the road like, man, I really want to drive that car. But right now, this vehicle that I have has the right GPS where I want to go. And if I get in that car, it might take me off the highway a little bit too early to where the legacy is, where patriarch is. So I understand those sacrifices. It's very difficult to decipher. Let's dive a little deep here. You have all these things going for yourself, but I know there's a moment where you can help someone right here. I would like to know your lowest moment and not just to get in your business. We want to know how you got up from it. That's the reason right there. This is for the people right now who might be listening and saying, I don't know how to get up from my lowest moment. Mm. Mm. There's a word. There's a word that's being said every day, but people don't really understand how to dissect this word and make it, make it something for you. That okay. word is no. <laughs> right, okay. But no to me means next opportunity. Mm. No doesn't mean stop. No means I'm moving on to the next. Because if this is not gonna accept me, somebody down the line will. Mm. Whether it be business or anything you do, somebody is going to say, I'm going to work with you. I, I, I want to put you in a film. I want to give you this position. Somebody is going to do it. Do not give up. That's the word that we all, when we hear it, we stop in our tracks and think we just, man, that's it. We think it's the end of the world. And there have been times where, see, I, I, the only way I can move is because I had to go through the experiences. But somebody told me, they said, you can't stop. Because it can be doing day in and day going out for auditions and stuff and you don't get it and then you're like, oh. And the thing about it is, it's not that you're not good. You mm. just don't get the role. Mm. It's not that you're not good, you know? So a lot of people got to understand that there's times when everything can happen. Like, look, look. You, you, money can fall short. Everybody's been through it. If, if you in that, if you in Hollywood as an actor and money didn't come short, where well, you're sitting there going, whew, and then all of a sudden you book this, this job and you, whoo. <laughs> but it's staying faithful. You got to keep your faith going. I can relate to what you're saying about the word no as of recently. When I started this podcast after we had to all sit down for a while, I came to the mindset that i would just ask men i felt would give great gems to come on the show and if they said no then i wasn't supposed to record that document of them it wasn't purposeful they wasn't in my path so i accept it now when someone says no and when someone says yes i know you're supposed to be here so i'm very grateful of any man that takes the time out to give this information to whomever may be listening to this because at the end of the day, we don't know whose life we might be saving, what single mother we might be educating, what man in the dark we might be pulling into the light. And I want to thank you for that. And you are right. No is an answer, but it's just the start of the conversation to keep going. Keep Absolutely. going. Yeah. And then go on to the next and the next and the next. And then soon you're going to hear nothing but yeses. Because what is happening right now? When they say no, and you keep doing your podcast, you're going to get somebody on there that's going to flip your 
podcast to another level, then everybody going to say what? Yes. Why? Because <laughs> you got everybody on there, which is <laughs> it's crazy, but that's the way the world works now. Everybody wants to be on when you, when you know you're hot. Yeah. But the thing about it is when you're hot is when you know that you're hot and you don't do it to others and you just know that yo there's a there's a there's a path you had to go down to to get I, to where you're I appreciate that 1000%. Now let's get into some fun talk. We had these deep questions. We we got the origin story. We got these different gems that we can all use. How what have you procrastinated on and why? What have I procrastinated on and why? Woo. Um <laughs> Dang, procrastinate. I mean, you know, I, I think sometimes it, it's just certain things that I may not, it's, it's not really, uh, it's not, I don't really have to do it right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it the next day. I'll do it the next day. And I will, I will put it off because if it's not really that important, I just procrastinate on, you know, just a little bit, you know, um, you know, and then you start looking at you like, I'll do it this weekend. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> weekend, something else come up. Uh, I got to do it next weekend. You know, so I, I I do have that in me. But, you know, the things that I do say that, but when I tell people I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. Oh, let's see. That's integrity. That's, that's, that's a whole that's other ball thing. game. That's one thing I will do. You know what I'm saying? I don't procrastinate. If I say you're going to do something, I'm going to do it. I'm a, I'm a fast mover. Like, when I say that, it's like, if a person comes and asks me, da, 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 and I'll be like, oh, I go get, you know, I got, I'll make the phone call right now. I move like that yeah, because yeah. I believe that you have to be able to, that that's just putting yourself in a situation to where you can move and make, make changes for somebody right, right then and there. You're letting them know what you are capable of doing. I believe in that. I do that as well. If I can handle it right there, I take care of it right away because you never know what the good mighty Lord may have planned for you in the next couple seconds or who else right. might need the help. So you take care of it right there. You need, you good? Okay. All right. That's <laughs> it. That's, that's it. <laughs> All right. And then, you know, like you said earlier about wanting to see people win, I am a gladiator of that. I love watching people that I've come across that maybe I shared some energy with or gave energy to. I just sit there and say, man, I actually shared energy with this person. I know I'm in the right place. Right. How important is to leave where you're from to develop yourself to where you are going? To leave? To leave where you're from to develop yourself to where you are going. Well, you have, I mean, I, I think sometimes you have to have a new beginning. Um, mm, you know, new beginning. New beginning. Sometimes you have to, um, you have to look. If it's not working in certain places, sometimes that's the, that's the, you know, a key to go to next. I, I remember, you know, I, you know, when I graduated from Morehouse, I was going to either go to New York or I was going to go to LA, you know, but then, you know, Atlanta was, you know, coming up at the time where it was just starting to come, you know, people were starting to come down and shoot stuff in Atlanta, but, uh, it was the talks about, Oh, well, you can stay in Atlanta. I said, yo, this ain't happening. And then I had to talk to one of my good friends um, and I give him much credit, Morris Chestnut, who told me and said, hey man, it ain't, it's not gonna be here in Atlanta. If you love acting and you wanna do this, you gotta put yourself, you gotta, you gotta be that fish in the big pond with all the other fishes. So you gotta move to LA. Hmm. I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't be Dave Brown if I didn't make that move. No telling what I'd be, you know what I'm saying? What do people do? Most people go, some of them go to 
of course they may go to grad school, but some of them just go back home and just, you know, wing it, see what happens. I was, I mean, I, I, that move made me say, hey, this is what I was supposed to do. And I, I took off running. And the one thing I'll, I'll never forget was, cause you know, my father's a minister. So, you know, you know, they want me to be a lawyer. They want you to be a doctor. They want you to, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But then when I told him I want to be an actor, nervous as I don't know what, when I told him, but they said, son, we behind you in whatever you want to do in life. And if you want to be an actor, then we're with you hundred percent. Man, I took off running after that. Because when you got the confirmation from those that you're rocks, it's time to go. So that that helped me, you know, get going. And I just said, hey, I'm got I gotta make a move. And sometimes you gotta put yourself in unfamiliar places and learn how to survive. Survival mode. Mm -hmm. Survival mode. Survival mode. And, and survival mode is just understanding everybody is around you. Survival mode is saying, don't just roll with people because you never know what their intentions are. Roll with people that you know that have the same like mind as you as far as wanting to get there. People are motivating. See, that's another thing too. People have people around them so much and, and it's, it's like, um, it, 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 they just, you know, misery one company. Come on, man. You know what it is? I think, I think what's so important what you said, and a lot, I think a lot of people don't realize when you're a creative or an entertainer and you're in the field of entertainment, you need to go where things is happening. We have so many people looking to be discovered in small cities and they think they'll be discovered. You need to pick up and you need to go where things is happening and put yourself amongst the other people who are doing what you're doing to see if you can stay there or you don't need to be there. You have to really test yourself. Put yourself in exhibition camp and I think many artists and many people from around the world don't realize I need to go where the best are in order to see if I can even withstand that that firing squad. That the and you never know. Never it's know. just like it's just like going to play ball where you're playing in college, and next thing you know, you start playing with NBA players, and you're like, I'm busting they butt. You know <laughs> I can really be here. Like, yeah. I can be here. I belong. You know what I'm saying? And you think about nowadays how everybody is. Is getting into the pros, you know, there are a lot of more people getting the pros than there was back in the day. Back in the day, you know what I'm saying? It was a lot harder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you had, you know, you pretty much had to add that stardom or be that role player to get in. Now the chances are because they got the D League, they didn't have all that stuff back then. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So right now, man, the only way you'll find out on something, man, I always say, uh, Steve Harvey said one time, he said, You'll never know the outcome if you just don't jump off the cliff. Yeah. Just jump off the cliff. You jump off the cliff, yo, you got a parachute on. Yo, you may get some scratches and bruises on the way coming down, but when that parachute open up, it's going to open up and you're going to see the world. And it's going to be great for you. And you know everything's going to come to you. Sometimes I, we don't take chances. We no, I agree. It. I agree with that. Yes, I agree with that. I, I agree with that a thousand percent. I've heard him say it. It was wonderful. I do agree with that. And I think people need to take more chances. Don't don't be afraid to just move to that location or go to right. that. Right. You know, you got to do it if you're really serious about it. Like, I just don't like when people come and they like, uh, they're not serious. They get relaxed. You got to go get it. You got to be hungry. It's more than a vibe. It's just who you got to be. You really right. got to. Talk to me about fatherhood and mentorship. 
But I just don't want to talk about the sweet cuddly moments when you're a father. I want to talk to you when you say, I love my child, but I really don't like you right now. Talk to me about the patience you need to have as a father to move forward and to develop yourself to be the best parent you can be. Well, let me take you back. Let me take you back with your own parents. Hey. There were times when you would talk to your parents, you would say some things to them and, they, and you would say, y'all don't, you know, you know, they're, they're saying things you like, what? What, what do you mean? What? You never understood it. And you won't understand until you become a parent. Right. And then you're going to start saying the same things that your parents said to you. And you get it. You're like, I get it. But the one thing that you have to understand as a parent is this. Most parents don't really understand it. Sometimes we get caught up into so much of trying to discipline so much or trying to, uh, be heard, let our children hear what we're saying, that we don't listen to our children. Hmm, I agree. You know, sometimes we're, we're busy, busy so scolding them so much that we don't stop to say, listen, and that's what my daughter had to do to me one day. And I said, you're right. We got to listen because you don't know what they're trying to tell us. Right. You don't know what they're going through every day. You know what I'm saying? Every child growing up now is growing up in different times. Yo, these cell phones and everything right now are accessible for kids to see everything. So we got to, that's what we battling as parents. We battling these phones. Right. We battling the social media. We're battling fake <laughs> lifestyles yeah I'm about to, I, yeah good one i was about to say you know what I'm saying? because you know this, this let me tell you about the social media that really trips me out is this everybody's so worried about how many followers i had somebody tell me one time you know look, look i know everybody and i don't need 5 million 10 million people you know on my following me to say that i know everybody when you know, let me tell you what makes you a, 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 a great leader and you have people following you. When you walk in the room and everybody gravitates to you. Mm. Everybody wants to learn from you. I said, people don't really understand what social media is to this day. It's the cheap way of finding out what a person is doing. Right, right. If I want, if, if I want to know what you're doing, Sheem, I'd be like, yo, now people are just looking at your story. Instead of picking up the phone and saying, Shane, how you feeling today? You good? That's what we did back in the old day. If I wanted to know where you, yo, I want to know where you are. I'm, yo, where, where, I'm not going to look at your story. I think, you know, when my birthday comes up, some of my friends know not to wish me happy birthday on social media. If you have my telephone number, you've been talking to me all this time and you don't text me happy birthday or call me. I'm like, and you say it on, you say it on a platform. You didn't say that for me. You said, said yeah, for yeah. you. That's my yeah. man right there. I know him. Happy birthday, yeah. dog. I don't need you to say that in public. I, I want it, I want the same thing we always get in private or, you know, in the same communicative process that we always communicate on. So I think a lot of them know. So I do respect in what you're saying is very valuable. Social like, media has, has taken its full turn. It's, let's take social media away. Will models still be models? <laughs> Come Would on, that man. Be, would that be the focus? 
What would you know what, what, I mean? what else right. would everybody be doing for monetary value, right? right? Right. And I think everybody's so so caught up in this how many followers are going, you know, because you know, in our business now, you know, and they tried it, it didn't work. You know, they tried to put um, you know, uh social media influencers in films. And they were going to have them post about the film. That's not how this business is. Are you good? You know, are you good? You can you create believable behavior in imaginary circumstances. That's what acting is. It's the craft. Right. You, you triggered my mind. My grandmother, God rest her soul, knew every telephone number in the world. Bro, that's where I was going. That's where I was going with this. Cause you know what? Yeah. When I grew up, I knew all the phone numbers all right the, here. Right here. Exactly. Go ask the child exactly. now, what's the cell phone number? What's what's their mom's number? What they, what's they their number? <laughs> they don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that's what we shy away from, man, because we don't use a part of our brain that we were always used to using when we were growing up. And I remember we knew all the numbers. I have it writing down. And you know what it's because you're always looking at the numbers on your little pad. You used to write them in a the little book. You always see the numbers. So you knew what it was off the back of your head. We don't have the trained memory now. Well, the kids, younger generation don't have the trained memory now that the adults have. I still remember my numbers growing up. You I know? did too. I did you know, too. It was, it, was, it was something you had to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, we come to the part of the show, I like to ask this question. This is a fun question for me. I want to right. hear your answer. Did you ever get a sex talk? Who or what gave you sex education? Ooh, who gave me who gave me sex education um, yeah. growing up? Who or what? Um, <laughs> I, think, I think when I was growing up, um, who gave me a sex education? I think it wasn't so much my uh, my parents because you know we were we weren't talking to our parents about stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? Be, right. It was, it, I think it was more so um, your, your boys was always <laughs> talking about certain things. You know what I'm saying? And then you were just like, oh, okay. You know, we used to watch movies like Porky's back in the day, which was probably <laughs> the, the craziest movie that you would come to when it comes to getting, you know, uh, when, you, when you think those type of, you know, seeing a woman naked and all that stuff, you're like, wow. wow. <laughs> it was never one of those things. And if I did have a talk, it was probably a talk to say, hey, be safe. You know, you know, it was the mom saying, be safe. You know, I don't want you to have any kids out here at a young age, you know. And I, you know, and of course that was an uncomfortable conversation with your mom. You're like, mom, what are you talking I, about? I know, but it if you really think about it, why do we run away from this conversation? At the end of the day, it's science, right? But I know it's uncomfortable, but it's so important. It's so many things in a, on a deep level, right? You see people, losing a, many things behind having child, children, this court systems behind you having, you know, child support. These things all start with the respect and sex. It's like, we can cut off a lot of attacks in our culture if we really have this conversation. But you know what, I think it all starts though. I think it starts with the parents though. It's, it's yeah. you know, and I think, you know, we can't be ashamed to know what our kids are thinking. You know, we have to be able to have that, you know, you gotta have that one-on-one -on -one with your child. Like, um, you know, I'm not saying be the, be the, be, you know, sometimes parents become too much of a friend. You still mm. gotta keep that level of I'm, I'm, I'm daddy. Right. But at the same time, you want them to be able to come to you and talk to you about everything. 
and you can't press the button on kids too hard when they are coming to tell you what they're going through and what they're feeling. You understand? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Now, this question right here is a new question to my platform, but is a very deep and intrusive question. Now, if you do not want to answer it, it is fine. But all I would like for you to do is tell me if it's a good question and should I keep it? Are you ready? Okay. What was abusive to you that you thought was love? How did you recognize it? How long did it take for you to accept it? Again, I ask, what was, what abusive? was abusive? What was abusive to you that you thought was love? Oh, I recognize. I mean, I, 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 well, you know what? Look, I think my dad only whooped me one time his whole life. And that one whooping, I thought was, <laughs> was abusive. <laughs> <laughs> but then back then, you know, that was when parents, you know, were able to whoop you and you couldn't pick the phone up and call and say, hey, um, you know, <laughs> My mom and daddy hit me, and then next thing you know, they pulling you out the house. Yeah. But uh, it, it it helped me to understand. Man, I, I think I'm, I'm I gotta say this. Sometimes I think today more kids need to get their butts whooped mm. because even in line, there's a different there's a different way of coming up. To you know, for us, we were in line. Like you had the milkman that could whip your butt and tell your mama and daddy. Mm -hmm. You know, you go to the grocery store. Uh, you know, Miss Miss Williams would whoop you and and tell you. Uh, you know, or you in church chewing gum and, and Miss Miss uh Miss Stewart come over and put her hand out like this, put it in my hand, spit it out. Now I'm gonna tell you, Mama, you know, it's, it's certain things you gotta have a village to raise kids. So I think that I got whooped. Is uh, it different? <laughs> now, no, there's two different whoopings though. No, no, no. There's a different level of bravery with these kids. Like Mike Tyson said it best, everybody has a plan until they get hit. Some of these kids don't know what it feels like to get hit. Bro, I'll never forget telling my mom, she said, yo, clean the kitchen. And I was like, man, I ain't clean the kitchen. Man, I turned this way, came back this way. The hand was coming. <laughs> watch, watch your mouth talking to me. Mm. But you had to do this. You had to get, don't, you don't ever disrespect me. And you know, it's the, it's the same words that's gonna always be said throughout life. I brought you in this world, I'll take you out. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, and it prepares you, right? Because you're gonna run into people who might strike you first. What do you do after that happens? This world is rough. Well, nowadays, I think you gotta pick your battles. You gotta pick your battles. And I think right now, because of everybody is so on edge, especially with all the different races and stuff like that, man, it's not, sometimes not even worth it. Sometimes, you know, um, so many killings going on in Chicago and Atlanta all over that right now, man, it's, it's enough. When do we, when do we stop to say we are killing our own? We are doing what, if they are racist against us, guess what? We're doing a great job of killing our own because, yo, we're knocking on, we're knocking ourselves off. So we're doing their job. This is the part of the show, ladies and gentlemen, we call this an audible. This question is not under the docket. You triggered me. This is how I feel. This is called an audible. And this is just a, a question from you, from me to you. Okay. As a black man, right. all the efforts you do to raise the bar, how does it feel that you're out here trying to raise the bar 
as a whole for the general consensus of a black man versus what is being propagated on TV and what is actually happening that do you say to yourself, you don't see how much I'm trying to leave this road for y'all to follow? And this is what you're trying to do? You know how hard it makes for me? I'm sorry, I don't want to go on a tangent. I want to hear me, how you feel. Let me take you back. Um, George Floyd was pretty much murdered, right? Yes. There were a lot of people that didn't go to the forefront like we did. And what I mean by that is, my father is Dr. Amos C. Brown. He marched, he marched with King. He went to jail with King. They did the, they, they laid the foundation for everything that's going on today. This new generation doesn't even know what the NAACP is. They think it's a, it's, they think it's probably a basketball league. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's a lot of, it's, it's a lot of, it's a miss, it's a missing link with the generations to understand that, hey, look, we do things like this. Cause you gotta think about, it. you know when black, you know when everybody, well, the world, you know when the world, well, in the United States, you know when everybody likes everybody? is when we go to war with somebody else. That's when everybody's like, oh, we all together. You know what I'm saying? But then we got, we don't clean the war up that's in our backyards. You know, there's a lot of killing going on right now. Crazy killings. A lot. That's the stop. It's a lot. And this is what right now, with everything going on, and I know with every with the with the whole uh uh being quarantined and all that. I mean, everybody, you know, have to be um, um you know, everybody, you know, with this whole COVID stuff, everybody's been, you know, no jobs and having to work, and so people are, you know, that has a lot to do with it too. But you know, at the end of the day, we as a people have to stop and think. We going out here killing each other over crazy things, but it starts with parenting. It's what we, we got to raise our kids and not let the streets raise our kids. We've already been through this. We just not, we just, I think, like you said, there's a disconnect of the formula of how we got through it the first time. When I was growing up, we didn't have no bread. We borrowed it from next door. We didn't steal. We, we, we worked as a community. And if that person next door needed sugar, we gave them a cup of what we had. It was okay oh. to barter back and forth for survival. And now I think social media lifestyles have said, I could, I should be doing this by myself. And if I ain't got it, I'm gonna take it from you. And by any means, that's what they, that's what they took the, by any means. I think they took it to the wrong avenue, to the wrong mirror. Well, you know what, Shane, let me tell you something. I went to Africa when I was 12 years old. Mm. Okay. I went to Africa and I'll never forget. My mom and dad said, told my brother and I, we're going to go to Africa. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's go. And when I got there, we're landing in Ethiopia. And I'm sitting up here going, wait a minute, mom, dad, where's the jungle? Where's Tarzan? Where's Jane? Mm. And my mom and dad said, that's what we wanted you to understand. Don't believe everything you see on TV. This is a city, just as the city you just left from. This is another city. And so they taught us that in order to understand life, you gotta see the rest of the world and stop believing everything that you see on TV. And that's the thing we do today. 
we're so caught into what we see on the news all the time, not knowing that that's not, it's running over and over and over again. Sometimes they're playing the same thing over and over and over again, you know? But what I did was this, when we came back, my father used to bring refugees over to America and they used to stay at my house. Now they went through everything, had no food, they could raise a certain way. But you know what I did see them do? When they came over, they were very much wanting to get their studies. They wanted to succeed. They wanted to make sure that they were able to provide, get jobs and get an education so they could provide for their families back in Africa. Mm. This is what we're missing here. Instead of robbing and killing each other, we gotta work. Let's, let's try to see how we can open up our own businesses. This is how it works all over the world. Where I am, where I live right now in Abu Dhabi, there's plenty of expats working here sending food and resources and money back to their families. That is wow. the, that is some of their purposes in life to make sure the family eats in totality. Like one person is actually going out there and sacrificing their time and their energy to make sure the family comes up. Should there be a basic training program amongst men, edu education of level or skill traits given outside of the church, outside of schools, outside of the libraries where we teach financial literacy, communication, how to change a tire, gardening, how to change a tie, general wealth building, elderly counsel with intent. Can we build tribes like that in our communities without the other governmental influences or even the church at, at some point like we're like we're next door neighbors you know what i know i know what you know and now we're teaching our kids with consistency how many kids know how to balance a checkbook i learned when i was young my mom and dad said hey this is what I'm, we're going to open you an account i was 10 years old we're going to open an account in your name now when you get your money this is how you're going to deposit they don't teach us this and this is what they don't want us to know because they don't want us to know how to make investments. It's another way of controlling the race mm. from becoming great. Absolutely. Keep telling you, if you're not teaching this in the schools, in, in, in the school system, then obviously your people are gonna, they're not gonna have the knowledge to move forward in life. This is what it's like. It's all about. And if you're not getting the foundation at school, guess what? The one thing we did learn about this quarantine, that parents had to be parents. Mm -hmm. You had to teach your kid because now they're at home doing online studying. Teacher's not really there. Parents are struggling. <laughs> and it was, a double it, it was a double-edged sword. Yes, it was. It was a double-edged sword because there was a... Uh, you had parents saying they wish they could spend more time with their kids. Mm. Now they can, right? But then again, it's a double-edged sword because there were kids that were going to school to get that only meal. Right. There were kids that were, that were going to school because they were getting abused by their parents right. or someone in the house. So that was their relief. So it's a double-edged sword, but at the same time, man, this is where a lot of parents can now parent and be home for your kids, especially when they say that the office is, is in your house now. 
you can work out of your house now and still make your money that you're supposed to make. And you can monitor and see if your kids is at home or what they're doing. With what you just said, it was a story that I read about a guy in Europe who sacrificed, he was a teacher. And when all the kids right. were out of school, he would walk 30 miles a day delivering lunches to all the kids and use his own money to make sure all those kids ate because he knew those most of those kids would not eat without school. He would create right. the lunches in the morning and walk. He walked over 700 miles by the end of summer just mm -hmm. to deliver food to them every day. And that's the type of sacrifice I think it's going to take, right? Those type of things. And just no one, the way our social constructs are created now, everyone is like, that ain't me. I'm not making that sacrifice. I'm not about to walk 700 miles. <laughs> I'm not about to have the scales on my feet. It's weird. It's weird. Nobody wants to feed. If it's not food, they're not feeding information either. Right. Absolutely. It's like you got to food that you got to feed the brain. Feed the brain is what has to happen. Yo, I'll you know, think about this whole thing. And it goes back to my father said racism and all this stuff is all taught. It is. If you go, you go to playground and you see a gang of kids playing, you think they worrying about what color they are? No, they only worrying about that because you say, Hey, that, that kid over there is too black for you to play with. What you mean, mommy? What you mean, daddy? They segregate them. We have to stop this. Segregation is, is coming tenfold with many things. He's even coming in gender roles, but that's a whole nother conversation. It's, it's coming in so many different, like we don't, we don't, we have we have a new written word word for structure. We have to find out what the structure is now, and you have to really choose whatever structure you're going to develop your kids under, and hope the world takes to it. I hope they have different experiences. We talk about leaving legacies, but are we ignoring major steps? Do you have a will? I have a will. You know, I'm. You know, you you know, you want. Of course, you want to make sure that your little one is taken care of. You know what I'm saying? You want to make sure that, um, I think, you know, most people tend to say who they, who they feel comfortable with. I think it's me. It's all my family because the family unit, man, I'm like, yo, it, 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 whatever I have is theirs. You know what I'm saying? Because I always say that, you know, you know, what do we do when we, we grow up, we always take care of our parents. So why do you think? Why do you think we run from the sex talk and talks about having a will in our community? Because, well, shoot, I think a lot of people don't have the knowledge of understanding what a will is. Mm. There's a lot of people that don't know what a will is. A lot of people don't know um, even how to set up themselves to take care of their little ones and their little ones and their little ones. Mm. That's where I said it goes back to investment. Right. And investment is not just putting your money into something. It's investing knowledge to pass it on to the next child so they can make it. It's all, it's all, it's, it's, it's called the domino effect. If we don't put the domino and let it lay, on to the next, the next, the next, the next. Should the domino never stops? And, never I, stop. and I want to tell people right now, listen, it doesn't matter how much you have, your domino can still fall. It could be the smallest thing in the world can push the next generation to start snowballing and build something huge 
huge and spectacular for your family and your new patriarchy. I want to put you in the husband chair. I know you're not a husband, but I want to ask you this question. This is one of my favorite questions to ask on the show. Are you ready, Mr. Brown? Ready. Are you sure? Positive. All day. <laughs> As a husband, yeah. would you rather have a great woman or a great wife? I love the pause. <laughs> well, I would love to have a great queen. Okay. Let me hear the answer. I want you to choose one. There's no wrong answer, but I want you to choose one and tell me why. No, because I think queen tops it all. Explain. And why? Because your queen, your king and queen. See, what we do in marriage nowadays, what we have to understand is this. People get married thinking that it's, um, uh, they don't understand that we, we, we have to learn how to uh, uh, grow together instead of just thinking marriage is just to get married. You know, like it's, it's a, like they think it's a, how do I say it? It's a contract, mm. which it is. But they forget this. People forget that it's a partnership. It's a partnership. It's not a job. It's a partnership where you guys got to grow and move together. And I'm going to tell you something. I tell, I tell everybody this. I, I tell every woman, I said, hey, this is what I say about a queen. And listen to this. A man never makes any decisions in life unless he defers to a woman. I'm not going to call my boys and go, talk to him about some decision I'm making because now I don't feel it, it's sometimes it's not man. You know what I'm saying? But with a woman, we're going to either talk to our mom, our sister, our daughters, our girlfriend, our wife, your side chick, the money you make. I don't care how macho you are, how rich you are, how macho you are. You never make any decisions in life unless you defer to a woman. I That's agree with you. That's why we got to realize how important the woman is because they give you a balance. I agree. Let me tell you why. I believe women are incubators. I think whatever you give them, they take and multiply. And I want to say this, and I'm on the record for saying this. When women say, I'm a boss and I was just too strong for that man's personality, I disagree with certain things. Let me tell you why. Even if you grew up in a single parent home or a two parent home, Men in our culture are not unfamiliar with strong women. We mostly come from strong women. So uh -huh. that's not the problem that we don't recognize. So it's got to be something else because we came up under strong women. So we understand it and we move in that light. And also men are single because if their mom is strong, we got to find a woman. It's just like our mom. Mm. And we don't feel that that woman is like our mom. It's... It just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Or, or on another psychological side, if the woman comes at us like our mom, you're like, ooh, this sound like my mom. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, though, it's yo, you know, you want somebody that has your best interest. Right. Like I remember talking to one of my boys, and he told me that he was in another country and he was walking into a restaurant, and the guy opened the door and walked in before his wife. 
So my boy felt that that was disrespectful. So he went inside, you know, when they went inside and his wife went to the bathroom and he said, hey, no disrespect, no disrespect. I just want to ask you a question. I mean, you, you, you opened the door, but you went in first before your wife. I mean, that's not how we do it. And the guy started laughing. He says, <laughs> he says, well, let me tell you something. I opened the door and you walk in first because I want to make sure the coast is clear before mm. my queen walks in. Mm. I want to make sure everything is clear before my queen walks in because if something goes down, I want to be the one to protect her. Gems. Gems. Let my, me boy had, my boy had the photo on it. He was like, bow down. Gems. Just like a lot of people don't know when you walk the street, you should be, your man should be close to the curb in case a car jumps the curb. Also, let me tell you something that I've been married. I'm married. I've been married for a while. My beautiful wife, married? I've been married 15 years. 15? 15 years. How many kids? One. <laughs> Just recently, right? <laughs> recently. We had a ball recently. Right, right. We love kids and all that, but we just had, we just, we had a ball. But one of the things when we were dating, I noticed she did, even when we were married, whenever we went out with a group of friends and we were all going into a restaurant, people didn't realize she would rush away from the crowd when we go into the restaurant, rush away to our seats. And people would look at me like, where's she going? I said, I'm, she's going to take care of something. I, I trust her. We would get to the seats and she would be at this part of the restaurant where my back wasn't to the door. She wanted to make sure every time we went to, so one of the first two times she did, I was like, where are you going? And then now I realize she rushes to make sure my back is not to the door. Cause she wants to make sure that you got an eye on what's going on. Yeah, I'm on point. Cause she knows me. She knows right. me, she knows I'm always looking. So I'm like, okay. Especially, right. you know, the environment I grew up in, I, I'm conditioned. And, and that, wh where are you from originally? I'm from the Bronx, New York. You're from the Bronx? Yes. Okay, all right. Born and raised. Uh all right, so then, and, you, and and you moved from there to where? I moved from there, went to South Carolina State University, got my degree in science, and then I moved from there to Abu Dhabi about ten years later. I've been to Abu Dhabi. Yes, sir. I was out there in Abu Dhabi, and I uh, really enjoyed. I stayed at the Emirates Palace. Hey, I was just there last week. All right, turn up. <laughs> uh, I, I had a great time out there, and you know, we actually were doing a film out there called The Kingdom. I remember so, that. Yeah, and so uh, it was out there, but Abu Dhabi is a beautiful city and it's the richest city in the land. I believe. Yes, it is. Yes, it yeah. is. It, yeah. It's an amazing place. I tell people they need to feel how it feels to, with no oppression, just felt free. It was a different I'm energy. i ask you a question. Sure, sir, go ahead. You're, you're a black man coming from the Bronx. Yes. Now, was this the first time you ever went out of the country? This far, you know, I've been to, you know, the the usual Jamaica or okay. <laughs> the hangouts, the hangout spots. But now nah, this is the first time I've been a resident or been outside this far. Yes. So and you think it opened your eyes to Absolutely. see another way of people living, correct? Right. A different and the knowledge that you take from it is knowledge when you come back to the States on how you should, because I'm pretty sure you learned something while you were there. I learned there's different ways of life for everyone. And now I can take pieces and put them in my tool belt to make sure I'm equipped correctly. Absolutely. As you should, 
as you should. And that's why I say it's very important for everyone to travel. Everybody should have a passport. And you know, most people don't have passports. You know nope. what I'm saying? <laughs> you know how hard it is to try to get people to come visit me. They don't oh understand. They don't understand where I am. They don't understand what the feeling is going to be like when they travel just about anywhere. But I want to throw a question back at you. Something I felt sitting at the Emirates Palace in the ocean, watching the sun go down, I got survivor's remorse. Have you ever get survivor's remorse? Hmm. Hmm. I've never. Nah, I don't think. I don't think I've ever got survivor's remorse. And then, so you you received it. You got that there, huh? I I get it wherever I travel. Where I think, I know people I grew up with will might never see. I came out of this, and I'm like the only one I know that's gonna see this even at this moment or share this moment. I can't share with anyone else. They won't understand. So yeah, I get survivor's remorse. And, and, and okay, let me ask you this. You've never been to Africa, right? I, supposed to go to Zanzibar, but COVID. Okay. I'm gonna tell you this, go to Ghana. I went to Ghana for the homecoming. And I don't know if you've done this yet, but you need to trace your tree your family tree and go back and see where your family's from and go see your families, whether you never know what's from a different tribe or, you know, from a tribe out there, but that's what we did. And just to know the, how I say the, the royalty of what black, black people came from. You'll never know if you don't go back to the beginning and walk the grounds that a lot of y'all, a lot of our ancestors didn't walk now. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm going to Africa very soon. Uh, I, I know this, we're, we're planning trips right now, putting things together. We are adventurous. My wife is very adventurous. We want to do these things. My son, he's only four, but he is seeing so many different things. I, I can't wait to see the man he becomes with all this yeah. different uh, stuff he's being, that's being put into him from culture and around the world. Thanks to who? Thanks to GLD. <laughs> Thanks to GLD. I can always say GLD. Well, no, no, it, it's GLD, but at the end of the day, it's his parents. Absolutely. The Absolutely. outlet. The this GLD, the GLD and me as well. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and moms, I always say parents have to give the outlets to their kids. Give them experiences, and not the experiences that that you know of the, are the norm. They need to see something different. Sometimes you got to push your kid to want to see different parts of life, walks life, you know? I will say this, one thing I, I've taken on without any trepidation is I allow my son's hair to grow. And so many people, when you gonna cut that baby hair? Why does his hair look like that? He has an Afro and it's huge, it's huge, but he loves his hair. He said, daddy, I don't want my hair cut. I wanna be myself. I wanna be this without any of that. Four years old telling me this and I'm like, okay, great. Be the best person you can be a child, be who you are. If you love your hair, the day you're ready to cut it, you let me know, but I'm not gonna let nobody influence me to take you to the barbershop just because you're two or three years old. Mm -hmm. You're gonna wear your hair the way you want to. And I think that's one of the things, that's the, the freedom he's starting, that he starts every day. He starts with freedom. And you know what, you're right when you say the freedom, but then, you know, there's also the part of life to where you have to let him know in order to make it in the world, because 
you know when you go for that job oh yeah absolutely i'm saying yes you can't you can't do that because of the, per the perception the world is about perception mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and so if, if they perceive you as this oh my god that's what happens and i think that's another thing that that we have to be, be careful at, about it's how we go out you know which i never understood man i i I still don't understand to this day with people sagging. I, I I really don't understand it. I, I, I it, <laughs> it's it has developed into it's not even sagging anymore. If if the pants is below your butt cheeks, both of your butt cheeks, and no. you want to know the color of your underwear, it's different. <laughs> it's they very different. baggy to skinny, and they still sagging. Yeah. And I'd be like, yo, I don't understand. <laughs> I, I really don't understand. And I just tell them, I said sometimes you got to understand it's called presentation if you don't presentate if you don't have the great presentation when you come in it's hard for you to make it in life there was a whole game before you got here i think people need to understand that too there was already things in motion rules in place and games in motion where you gotta if you want to play the game you got to know the rules and right. if you want to get subbed in if you want to sit at the GM's table, if you want to be a drafter, you want to get drafted, there's certain things you got to do. Now, it's not really dancing. It's just checking in the game until you go sit on the bench. Then you can, you know, drink your Gatorade and do what you need to do on the side when nobody's looking at you play. But you want to play, right? That's true. That's definitely true. You want to, <laughs> you want to play, you want the coach to give you the nod or you want to start, right? You want to get in the game and you don't want, you, you don't want the athletic director sitting there going, <laughs> nah, not him. Not him. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I came up with something called operating at 100%. And what I mean by that is I took five categories. I took purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Again, I repeat, purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. And I gave them 20% each, totaling out to 100%. Now, Mr. Dave Brown, I want to ask you within the last 24 hours, out of purpose, health, confidence, money, and knowledge. Purpose means you're working in your purpose every day, doing the things you've been called to do. Health means you're working, eating out. I mean, not eating out, so eating well, eating right, meditating and praying. Confidence, you're doing it without any insecurities or any fear. Money, you made a little money, saved or invested some money or gave somebody some money and knowledge you took in some new information. So out of those five things totaling 100%, how much of 100% have you been operating out of in the last 24 hours? All of them. So you 20, 20, 20, 20 purpose, All 20 health, 20 confidence, yeah. 20 money, 20 not. That but is great. The number one health, you know what the number one health killer is? What is that? Stress. Mm. Stress is the number one killer. Stress takes over the mind, takes over the body, puts you six feet deep. We as a people have to really understand how to deal with stress. We have to learn, learn that, you know, hey, if we understand what it is, now let's just fix it. Drop a gem on that. How do you deal with your stress? I, 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 I don't stress. And when I mean by I don't, I don't stress, I really don't stress. I really said, okay, hey, it happened. Okay, let's just get over it. All right, let's, what's, let's just, oh, did the milk spill? Let's just wipe it up. Right. You know what I'm saying? Life is too short for everyone to stress over the smallest things. 
We stress when we drive because you're trying to hurry up and get somewhere. You know what I'm saying? We, there, yo, if you sometimes it's good for you to be late because sometimes you don't know what can happen. You don't know what was going to happen if you weren't late. Right. <laughs> if nice. you weren't supposed to miss that plane. Timing. It's God's timing to put you in every situation when he wants you to. I, That's I, what everybody understands. You have no control over your life. He is the one that is already knows and lays it out what is going to happen each day. So the thing about it, you can't stress. Money, you're always thinking about making money. Because at the end of the day, you have responsibilities. And then with those responsibilities, you can't lay on your back unless you made a great investment where you can go to sleep. Because I always tell people, they don't understand. There's a, it's, there's a difference between rich and wealthy. Absolutely. Do you know the difference? You can go to sleep at night and money wakes while you sleep. Exactly. Yeah. And people don't realize, they say, oh, I'm rich. Well then, you rich. So you got $10 million, now what? What you gonna do with it? It's gonna keep going down every day because you're gonna keep spending it. And next year, you're gonna have nothing. But if I'm wealthy, I'm going to sleep. 10 million went down. I got 10 million coming tomorrow. 10 million coming the next day. That's wealthy. And that's what we gotta do. So wealthy, and you said, what's the other one? Health, money. What's the other Confident. one? Confidence. Did you work in any fear or any insecurities throughout 24 hours? Uh, my my confidence in the gym. Just, you know, uh, right now I have to get surgery on my my hip because I play basketball too much and I got to get it resurfaced. But I'm confident that everything's going to go up, but I don't stop working out. I try to still keep myself in shape. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you got to still work. You know, I'm confident that it's going to go, it's, everything's going to go okay. You know, because this is what's supposed to happen. So let me ask you this question. When's the last time you played basketball? Last week. Great. <laughs> now, this is an audible question. Burr, 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 burr. Audible question. Yeah. What celebrity did you cross over? <laughs> <laughs> what, what celebrity did I cross over? <sighs> J to the F. That's my dog. <laughs> hey, we, we competitive. We're so competitive, man, that we, we you know, we, I, you know, see, that's one thing I love about my celebrity friends, man. They know I don't back down. You know, some people, when they play with celebrities, they don't want to touch them. They don't want to foul them. They don't <laughs> want to play hard. No, I play hard, bro. I go in every time trying to make, and then if I, if I lose the game, oh, no, 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 we got to go again. No, 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 no. Come on, come on. Let's go again. No, no, come on. I miss basketball, man. I, I was an avid basketball player myself, but out here where I am, they stopped it for a whole year and a half, maybe two. It just started picking back up. So now no, we're gym, the gyms are outdoors. Everything was stopped. Nothing. Really? No basketball, period. And uh, I love basketball. I mean, I love it. So I have to now get my legs back up under me, and I'm going to be playing next week. So I'm super excited. I'm going to start very, very slow because I understand muscle memory. And I just, just got to get it back, but take, take my time. And when you yeah. guys get out here, when you guys come to visit this way, we can go hit a court. And I, I, I'll, I'll be back out there in Dubai. Cause you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I say, I love to travel. I'm worldwide. Well, you come, and listen, when you come this way, hit me up and we can go shoot some hoops, man. I would love to shoot some hoops with you. That's my thing. Yeah. Competitive as well. 
I'm I'm introduce you to one of my guys that's out there right now living out there in um in in uh in Dubai. Uh he's out there doing well out there. So I mean, I always like to connect people. Please do. Out he's he's yeah. from from the, the law, he's from California as well. So he's out there. So I'm gonna connect you. I always like to give everybody an opportunity to connect with people and see how you can bring some type of synergy together. That would be great. Thank you, sir. You are now part of the Silhouette Boys Club. It is people like you who move in the shadows to help people like me shine. Now, before you go, we love to get referrals for the show. Is there any man you would know that would love to come on this show and drop these gems and further this conversation in manhood? Of course. You know what? I, there's there's a young fellow I like, you know, because I know that he's he's the next star that's coming out. And I don't know because I'm managing him. You know, but uh, he's, he's great. Uh, his name is Jay Young. And um, that is, I'm gonna pass the baton and say that I think that you should interview because what he has gone through to continue his success and he's gonna be their next guy. And, uh, you know, he had some setbacks, but then still kept, you know, kept pushing forward. And so we have him performing all over the place. So. You know, we'll probably get him out there to Dubai to perform. But this kid, Jay Young, you can look him up, is one of the next guys that's coming through. I'm with it. Absolutely, Jay Young. We'd love for you to come on the show. And before you go, Mr. Dave Brown, please let the world know what you got going on. Any IGs or anything you want to leave for us today? Any information how people can contact you? Yeah, my, if you go to Dave Brown USA is my Instagram. Um, and... Indie Night Film Festival, which is, like I said, the first weekly film festival in the world, giving everybody opportunities to get into Hollywood. If you have a short film, web series, trailers, documentary, full features, submit them to Indie Night. It's I-N-D-I-E-N-I-G-H-T-F-F.com, Indie Night FF.com. And you can submit the films there and follow on IG which is Indie Night, F-F-I-N-D-I-E-N-I-G-H-T-F-F. -F. That's on the Instagram. So um, follow me. I got a lot of things going on. Um, I'm also running Jamie Foxx's brand, uh, BSB, Brown Sugar Bourbon. Wow. Uh, you know, we got that going on. And we got the Prevay Revoke glasses. We have the, the new backpack that was just coming out called the Wiz Pack, which is incredible. So there's a lot of things we, we're cooking. See, as a man who lives abroad, I can't get my hands on no BSB. So when are you guys going to make it available internationally so I can get a taste of the bourbon? Well, that's what we'll do. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll make sure that we get it there. So I'm going to find out with our, um, with, with, uh, with, the, with our other team members and find out how can we get this to um, Dubai. And I'm gonna send you. Uh, I'm gonna get in contact with you, hey, so you can you know what places they need to be. To, you know what places they need to be out there, and we make some stuff crack out there. Let's make it happen, man. Definitely, I I want to try the bourbon. I'm missing out on so many good things that's going on back home. I'm like, hey, man, come on, man. Hey, <laughs> hey, we got you, man. We are gonna hold you down. First of all, I want to tell you, thank you for coming on the show. I think you great some great tools for the tool belt. I appreciate you and I really, I'm thankful that you came here today and you didn't have to and I, I'm thankful. You got it, brother. Much success and continue. You and the family out there, be safe. Absolutely. For those listening, you can reach me at solutionsformen at gmail.com to be a guest on the show. 
also at Sheen One on all platforms. Let's continue this conversation on Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or in the streets if you see me. Before we go, we end with a quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. True success is not measured by how much you have done or accomplished. It's not compared to what others have done or accomplished. True success is what you have done compared to what you could have done. In other words, living to the maximum is competing with yourself. It's living up to your own true standards and capabilities. Success is satisfying your own personal passion and purpose in pursuit of personal excellence. So question of the day, question of your life, are you maximizing your life? Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Solutions for Men. Mr. Dave Brown, we thank you. Peace and blessings, y'all. You got it. Take care.